What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Munmukti's radio podcast. I'm your host, Parth, and I have a special guest with me here today. We're friends from UTD, and you've probably seen him at, in every Kroger commercial or every Verizon commercial. Also, pretty much, is in every dance team in the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Anil Sankramanchi. I'm most definitely not on every team in the country, but I like to tell people I think I am. I, I feel like you are, bro. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to try to do this <clears throat> straight through, no ums. All yeah, right? no ums. That's the challenge. No, no, um, no. no um challenge. No um challenge. If you say um, you're out. All right. Let's or I'll just crop it out, but... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, oh, I already lost. Okay, I know. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, um, I just lost there, too. When people think of me, I think everybody kind of associates to, like, this loud personality. Mm-hmm. The guy that, like, you know, is at the center of attention and very familiar with uh, a lot of people, like, sociable, really. Uh, that was kind of always the case in the sense that I was always comfortable in the sort of center of attention. Yeah. Because I was always that guy who wanted to be able to tell stories. Right. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I wanted to be able to narrate what I was doing that day. And uh, as sort of like the consequence of wanting to be an entertainer, I would always make it a little bit spicier than it was. Oh, yeah. And a little so, masala. In exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my stories were a little bit stretched, but I liked doing that because it made it entertaining for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what I do now is I dedicate more of my time to telling real stories through, you know, the crafts of my choice, whether it's mm. through acting, music, or dance. Um, so that's sort of like my entire thing. I just, I, I consider myself a decent storyteller. Okay, that's dope, dope. Um, so that'll be perfect for this podcast. You can tell a lot about, uh, a lot of stories about yourself. Um, <laughs> today's topic is about self-awareness, right? It is about self-awareness, yes. And the importance of understanding your self-worth so you can achieve your dreams. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what is your take in self-worth and, and how do you feel about self-awareness, the idea of self-awareness and all that? To... Back up to the very beginning of like when this sort of started for me was when uh, I moved from Louisiana between my freshman year of high school and sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. I came here after, at the end of the freshman year, and when I first moved to Texas, I knew nobody. Yeah. Right. Uh, my best friend was a male guy, and as sad as that sounds, he was the person I saw that was not part of my family on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You uh, you met him in high school. The summer before sophomore year started, he was like delivering oh, okay. out, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that, he was—he'd be the only person I'd say hi to that wasn't my family. Mm. Uh, so at the time, it was—it was a lot of like you know I had to let go of a lot of my friends from Louisiana. I had to let go of a lot of like the extracurricular uh, activities I was doing. Yeah. Uh, in Louisiana, and when I came here, I had to basically reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, I saw that there was a large like Indian community. Yeah, especially and in Plano. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So when I got to Clark High School, I was like, oh, this is great. I will be just Indian and fit in. And for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Plano is in Texas, a city in Texas, and it's uh, basically like India 2.0. Yeah. yeah, Little India is definitely here, thanks to DFW Airport. Yeah. So that's something that I thought was going to be a, like a, a pro, mm-hmm. right? Something that I thought would be really easy for me to like transition into, not really have much issue. What ended up happening was... Everyone already had their, like, childhood friend cliques, and then yeah. everybody in high school had their, like, high school friends. Yeah. So I just kind of came in as that black sheep that, like, nobody, and was sort of thrown into the system and the social dynamic that, like, I was never a part of to begin with. So I was just one of those, like, outliers, mm. right? Statistical outliers. Nobody really cared. I, I basically was trying really hard to be one of them, and I lost myself yeah. in, in that process. 
and towards the end of about junior year, no, the end of sophomore year and towards the beginning of junior year, I'd sort of given up on trying to fit in. I like shed that entire idea and I was like, nah, this isn't me. Uh, so I, I so went, when you mean try to fit in, what groups were you trying to fit into? Like the standard Indian clique, right? Like oh, okay. The 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 sort of American raised the brown Daisy crowd, born, yeah, A B C D, yeah, right. A- but the, but they weren't born here kids. necessarily. Not all of them were oh, born okay, here. Okay. They just like grew up with the pop culture. Meanwhile, I was like the kid that read philosophy when I was younger. So nerd alert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like it, it was it was I was too brown for the brown people, and I yeah. wasn't like pop culture savvy enough for like the contemporary society yeah so i just kind of like chilled at temple with people my dad's age oh uh, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. that was my crowd for a hot second um and i realized that that was something that i that... shout out drunkles <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where all of them are but yeah shout out to all of them <clears throat> so yeah that that was pretty much it and um when i stopped trying to be something i wasn't mm-hmm. what i ended up attracting were people who valued who i was right so okay, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it was someone who really liked um, understanding Vedic culture, right? Right. And I would only sort of like get to know them on those grounds, but through conversation, we th- sort of became closer. Mm. And then uh, I was looking for more outlets to express sort of like myself. Uh, and then I picked up dance junior year of high school. Shout out DFC. Uh, but that became a common ground where I met people, right? Right, right. And the people that came to dance practice were obviously dancers. Mm-hmm. So everything I valued in dance, either they had learned or were also trying to uh, master. So we had that common ground, we got to know each other, and then that led to like deeper friendships. So it was more about like letting life and my hobbies guide me into meeting people that also had those common shared interests. So we at least at the very, like, we spoke a common language, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that was dance. Yeah, wh- whatever group it was, right? Oh, okay. Whether it was acting, yeah. all my fellow actors, we all spoke the acting language. Mm-hmm. Dance, we all spoke the dance language. Music, music language. So I kind of let life do that on its own organically. And oh, so is... you didn't force it, right? Yeah, That's I did Before no, no. you were forcing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I was like, okay, cool. Everybody thinks, I don't know, uh, Drake is cool. So I'm just going to listen to as much Drake as I possibly can. Bandwagon, right? Yeah. So, that... w- so when did you realize that transition needed to be made? Because I felt like I was doing everything as a chore, right? Like, if po- something in pop culture popped up, I felt like I had to sit there and extensively research it just to stay relevant. Oh, I see what you're saying. And I was like, this this isn't me anymore. It's, it's not who I am. I yeah. value other things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, in, in, in high school, I was like, I, I, I don't feel like doing this anymore. So, yeah, I just kind of stopped. And mm-hmm. it was rough at first because I didn't really get out much. I didn't really do anything. But as I invested more time into myself and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to express myself, that led me to like meeting more people that were a lot more similar to me. Yeah. And then that like the bus drove itself from that point. Mm. Okay. Um, So what about now? What are you up to now? What am I up to now? Uh, I actually just got back into town from shooting a commercial. So acting is still a very, very prevalent part of my life. Um, How did you get into acting? How did I get into acting? Well, this was junior year of high school as well. Uh, so your life basically changed junior year. <coughs> yeah, junior so your year. Your autobiography high is going to start junior yeah, year the, of high school. My autobiography has a has a before junior year of high school and after junior year of high school. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the pivotal time span. Yeah. Uh, I actually was doing the physics bridge project where you had to build a bridge mm-hmm. out of paper and glue. Yeah. I procrastinated I that. that project as hard as I could, mm-hmm. and I ended up having to do it over winter break. Yeah. Now, because of the nature of me procrastinating, 
Now, when you say procrastinate, is this like the night before procrastinate? No, no, no. How no, I this, procrastinate? This, no, no. This is the beginning of winter break, and the project was due when school let back in. So it was probably about a week and a half. Okay, I wouldn't call that procrastination. Well, but, but, but for the sake of the project very itself, good it, time it, was, management. It, was it was procrastination on, on uh, you know, by my criteria. You could have done worse, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but I wasn't skilled enough to do it any quicker. Yeah. So um, I was building the bridge, and what ended up happening was uh, one of my primary members um, had an issue with it. Yeah. And I was like, I can't get away with it, so I had to rip it apart. And the entire time I was deconstructing my bridge to get that member out, mm. I was like, I should have done this earlier. I don't even know why I'm taking this class. Yeah. It turns out I didn't even need to take it because I was already a year ahead of my sciences when I transferred over, but no one told me that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just, like, sort of swearing to myself. I was like, I, I don't like doing this. I hate physics. Mm -hmm. Why am I taking this? Why am I even in school? And it led to this existential line of thinking. I was like, I have a rich personality. There's got to be a way, <laughs> there, be a way to make money off of that. So Off of what? A rich personality. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So I... While my bridge was driving, I googled how to make money with a personality, and the list that I found on a blog, the first answer alphabetically was acting. So I clicked it, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Acting starts with an A. Right. So A, B, C, <laughs> so. D, I was like, okay, cool. You, you, get, you start training, you get an agent, you work professionally. Cool. Three steps. Yeah. We're going to give this a shot. Two oh. weeks later, I auditioned for an acting program, and I got in, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. In Dallas? Uh-huh. Why'd you stick to acting then? Well, because, like, okay, so the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, before junior year, you said that you felt like you were forced to fit in somewhere. And mm -hmm. as an actor, that's sort of what you need to do, right? Is fit into, like, a character for right. a movie or a role. So, <laughs> I think this becomes really interesting when we consider the fact that, like, at the top of this podcast, I said I was very comfortable telling stories. Yeah. So, what I do within my crafts, right, whether it's acting, dance, or music, I just try to tell an honest story, mm -hmm. right? My character has a very real story. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily mine, but it's a story that has the same emotions that my story has, right? Okay. I can I can empathize with the character being sad because I know what sorrow feels like. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the same context, but yeah, yeah. they still feel the same emotions. So what I'm doing is I'm breathing the similarities and the experience of a story into the context of their story. Okay. So it, it's still it's still storytelling. Right. And it's something that I'm very very comfortable with. And I'm also discovering other people's lives because the writers, whenever they write their scripts, right, they either dump their personal experience into the script or they source it from another life that they're very, like, familiar with. Okay. So I get to live these episodes of another person's life and experience that as organically as I can. And that, that's my job as an actor is just to tell that story. Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily sit there and, like, read it out like a narrator, but yeah. to live it and then have it show on screen. Okay. So acting is a very um, intense field to get into, right? Entertainment. Absolutely. So you probably have gone through many rejections. Not yeah. to say that you're bad or anything. Yeah, it's yeah, just no, in no, general, no, no, right? no. Like, yeah, that's that's fair. So how do you how did you overcome that? Like how did you overcome feeling rejected? In society, like for all of us we're we're raised to feel as soon as we get rejected you just quit, right? Right. Like, right. I don't right. want to do this anymore. Um I think I think two real real big important notes here, uh, for anybody who's listening that might want to go into entertainment, there's one thing that you need to memorize. Let's say, for example, that you're a casting director mm -hmm. and you're looking for uh, an actor, right? Right. And let's say I'm an actor and just for the sake of simplicity, my personality is like an apple, right? Okay. It, it is a pers person A type of personality. Mm. Um, I, I could be the best apple that you could find, yeah. right? I walk into your audition room. No matter how good an actor I am at being this apple, if you're looking for an orange, 
you're not gonna pick me you're not gonna cast me yeah, yeah. you're gonna tell me no so it's not the fact that i did a bad job it's just i'm not what you're looking for mm. right so rejection in this industry <coughs> is incredibly common because you're not supposed to take it as a personal attack mm. it's just a matter of did the director see in you that character or in that specific way so you have like a good minute or two to show that off that's very you, intense right you get a couple seconds a couple seconds you get a couple seconds that's insane so in those couple of seconds yeah even if you are the right person if you don't like portray that in those you know a few seconds and so a lot a lot of it carries in sort of like how you look right like yeah, they, yeah. they choose sometimes a, a role is predicated on how the character is meant to look yeah and then the next step is how it behaves okay so, so when you walk in the room they're yeah. like oh this this I like I can see the character in this in this actor this person the way they look now mm -hmm. and then when you start delivering the lines right yeah. they can tell what your tone is like yeah. how your voice works uh, how comfortable you are with the material where your space is in mm -hmm. terms of like getting eased into a character yeah so they read all of those within a couple of seconds mm -hmm. the, the audition could take a couple minutes but right. they kind of already have gauge. they have an idea yeah. yeah and at that point the the rest of the audition is can you take direction? Mm. Can we change you? Are you malleable? Right. And those are what they're measuring. And then if they want to, you know, have you come back in, you'll get a callback. Yeah. And then they'll go through a series of callbacks. It's kind of like the second or third round of an interview for a job. Yeah, yeah. And then if you if you become the best person through that, like, you know, system of pruning, mm. then they book you and you essentially get that job. Yeah. So do you feel as a South Asian actor that a lot of your roles that you go for are limited because you're South Asian? Or... Does that not happen often? Both yes and no. On grounds that when I go for a specific role, sometimes it's labeled open ethnicity. Mm. So it, it's pretty much the biggest free-for-all that you can ever find. The, yeah. only, the only limits really are um, age and gender at that okay, point. Okay, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, right. But then, like, you know, you could have someone who's uh, a Caucasian that also auditioned for the lead role. Mm -hmm. And just in case, they auditioned for the... Like, supporting role that I'm also auditioning for. Oh, okay, okay. Because, again, it, it's open ethnicity. Yeah. So, like, they, they have twice the probability of booking the mm -hmm. project. At the same time, when it's specifically for Indians, mm -hmm. it is significantly less competition. Yeah. But those come so seldom, so far in between each one, that I, I don't think that the current market is really suited for Indian actors or South right. Asian actors right, right. to really pursue it as like a full-time thing if they're relying purely on, on South Asian roles. South Asian roles. Right, right. Excuse me. <coughs> so that's not what you're looking for, right? You're just looking to act. Right? I, I'm you just looking you... to act, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because if, for me, it, it's it's not about I want to tell a South Asian story. Yeah. I just want to tell a story. Mm -hmm. I just happen to be South Asian on the outside. Right, right. Right. So um, how did you handle your first rejection? Right, so I'm sure... I did not take it well at yeah. all. Uh, my first rejection came when I auditioned for a first major rejection was when I applied for agency actually an agency yeah so, so agencies can reject you even if you pay them like well it, it's not about paying them uh, you have to basically like do an, do an application and, and then they'll review you mm -hmm. if they want to roster you they'll call you in for an, for like a cold read audition yeah. as well as a personality interview so um when I applied, I didn't know that I needed significantly more credits. Like, I needed to do more work. What do you mean more work? I needed to do more, like, acting jobs. 
Oh, okay. To, like, prove I'm a working actor. Yeah, Because yeah. agencies don't take just anybody who wants to be an actor. Okay. They'll, they'll take... So you have to have who... some experience under your belt. Right, right. Okay. And I didn't know that at the time. Granted, it was easily Googleable. I don't know why I didn't do it back then. Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. You're yeah. going to hear me say that a lot. All right. Word of the day. Word of the day. Uh, so, because I didn't know that, I applied and I thought I'd easily get in because I didn't see an Indian on their roster mm. online. Yeah. And they sent me back the email. They were like, unfortunately, we can't take you right now. Yeah. I was like, but why not? <laughs> You're severely under-rostered. I've counted the rest of the other, like, yeah, yeah. all the other agencies in town had, like, you know, some somewhere around, like, 70 or so. Jeez. And, and this one had, like, um, 30 or so on mm-hmm. their roster. And I was like, why am I not being picked? It just, it was a matter of experience. Did you research on, like, which, uh, which agency to call? Because I'm sure, like, different agencies have you know different contacts things like that yeah uh so i tried doing that only towards the latter end of the career in the beginning i thought it was sort of like a job application right like you just shotgun everything and see what sticks oh yeah yeah um that is not the way to go (laughs) that is not the way to go uh it's a very strategic thing uh you want to definitely work on continually being either in a classroom and working on your craft or being on a set and and being able to work Right. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. by virtue, once you like build up a decent amount of work, you get noticed, mm. right? And you're constantly working. Um, and the first agent that I actually signed was in Austin. Oh, okay. Is it yeah. the same agent you have that now? I have now? Yeah. Um, his name is Jason, and he's with Acclaimed Talent. Great guy. Shout out, Jason. Shout Amazing Jason. agent. In case you're listening, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> it's fine. Um, he he works incredibly hard, and we we both met and. The way that we met was at a uh, networking mixer, mm-hmm. and the panel at the time were all casting directors, and that's why I wanted to go because I wanted to know what they were looking for in the audition yeah. room. Mm-hmm. And he was. This uh, is I, for a movie. Th- this is just or for like general commercials, general oh, okay, movie okay. auditions. Um, and they were there for the mixer just to like you know give some knowledge onto the people that came. And I asked my question, and Jason came up to me after and was like, "Hey, you have some good questions. Do you have like a headshot or anything?" And I said at the time I didn't. And he just, he gave me his card and he said, email me. I want to, I want to converse. And so, yeah, that's how that happened. I probably felt really good when he said, email me. Oh yeah. It <laughs> felt so good. But yeah, I think I have time. <laughs> if I have time, I'll email you. <laughs> out of my schedule. So, um, so, uh, so now you're, or you were, you were ambassador from Munmukti, right? Yeah. How did you find Munmukti and how did it, you know? So, uh, I found Munmukti through Abhi. Who founded it? Shout out Abby. Shout out Abby. My guy. Um, his his family and I were um, kind of in each other's spaces, and I knew of him for quite some time. He was also on Punjab Walkie, so. Oh, was we, he really? We were we were in the dance scene together. Okay. Uh, and when I found out that he was working on a mental health nonprofit, mm-hmm. I was immediately attracted to it because again, my like academia is neuroscience. Yeah. So it's it's the study of the brain and, and sort of how cognition develops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I'd always been passionate about mental health yeah. Uh, without really knowing that I was. Because I always found myself like reading into what schizophrenia was, right. what triggers PTSD, mm-hmm. how anxiety and depression All those are topics are very interesting too. And yeah. you're right, like even when I was, because my uncle's a psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. So I would ask him like the difference between schizophrenia, things like that, because mm-hmm. it's all so interesting. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. So like when, when I was academically curious about all of these different uh mental health disorders, I then, through Abhi, found an avenue of being able to 
start that conversation within my own community. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really important because if you if we as a community never really talk about it, right. nothing gets solved. Yeah, we, it's kind of like putting a bandaid over a bar, over a cut, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if it heals properly, cool. Yeah. But that's not happening now because there's no resources for us to be able to heal. Right. So uh, what Manmukti does is is definitely it starts that conversation, provides right. resources wherever possible. And however possible, whether it's, you know, you're the person that's affected mm-hmm. or it's a friend of yours that's affected and you just want to be a good ally, you want to be informed. Right. Um, I think the, the dispersion of, like, information and sort of putting that in an in a accessible area, mm-hmm. as well as starting the conversation within the community that doesn't really talk about it is, right. is a great first step. And oh, that's yeah, why I was sure. excited to join. So, yeah, it, it was definitely that. Well, my, the company that I work for, my boss, was showing us, you know, some of the resources that we have. Right. And he was saying, you know, there's like, um, you can you can do adoptive like resources, like if you want to adopt a child, like they'll be they'll help pay for it, things mm-hmm. like that. There's also like uh, mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can consult therapists, things like that. And he was saying like. There's nothing, uh, the demographic of our, like, in regards to age for our company is, mm-hmm. like, you know, between my age to, like, almost retiring. So, mm-hmm. you know, you see everyone, and predominantly South Asian, right, because of IT. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about how, like, um, he he's, like, it's completely okay for you to see a therapist. I know mm-hmm. it's, like, da- uh, like looked down upon, like, society, mm-hmm. but things are different now. Like, when you move to the States, right, you have a lot more resources, you have a lot more other things, you have, you know, there's a change of lifestyle, change of family, change of, like... You know, so many things like we have it a lot different than our, you know, grandparents did. Right. Right. So he's like, use these, use these opportunities because it could help you. Like literally, nothing can go wrong. Yeah. Seeing a therapist. In yeah. fact, all I can do is help you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, I completely get what you're saying. That that's definitely like something that is is culturally embedded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that exactly right. Yeah, and 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 when you say like you know it's a change of lifestyle, it's more accepted here to be like yourself the good bad and the ugly that exactly that, you know, yeah, yeah. uh entails and it's just really hard when you grew up in you know another another space for like yeah, for you know, sure. the better part of 20 30 years and those were your formative years it developed who you were and then you you know no matter where you go after that mm-hmm. you're still going to be that same person right right so um they're still carrying some of the nuance of the culture that they grew up in right so they're still kind of like iffy about adjusting so radically to, oh yeah that makes complete to, sense uh, to a culture that they don't necessarily agree with but you can imagine i can't even imagine like what our parents have gone through and what they normalized yeah you know what i mean growing up because for them even now it's like they're so, like they're 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 a lot more accepting with you know understanding mental health and mm-hmm. removing the stigma behind it right they're trying they're like they're more open to listening to the children and things like that mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. before that wasn't even a thing freedom right. of speech was not a thing <laughs> I mean and there's value in that I guess like we could say this for for every sort of like brown desi parent habit that there exists right like the people that are like oh don't encourage your children to be artists because it's really unstable yeah because like back in the day like the priority was getting a job. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's, jo- it's so unemplo- cutthroat, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, unemployment there is, is incredible. And so the issue becomes, like, how are you going to live? Mm. And if you don't get a job that's really stable and you focus on just getting a good salary, you're not going to survive. Yeah. And so that but, was, that was like, something that they focused on. Even in their mentality on. growing up, like, moving here was all about security. That was right. the main thing. Like, make sure my kids, my fa- my wife, every, or my husband has what they need to grow up financially. Exactly. Because exactly. we didn't have that, right? Right. So that was like a bigger priority. Exactly. And and when I sort of spend my time, like I, I spent a lot of time at Temple, mm. right? 
and when people, your dad's a priest, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I, you know, by nature, spend a lot of time there. When people found out that you know his son is a actor, everyone wanted to chip in and be like, "Hey, it, it's cool <laughs> that you're acting and whatnot." Yeah. You should really focus on your education. Yeah. You should really focus on your. Why don't you act like you're studying? Yeah, it, that too. <laughs> so I, I'm not mad. I'm, yeah. I'm honestly not mad because that's sort of their way of saying we're worried about you, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all they're really hoping for is that I would become successful and, and like not end up unemployed. Right, right. right? And so it's but, easy for us to see that as them not being supportive for our dreams. Right. Because realistically, right, when I was like five, I wanted to be an astronaut. When I was right. eight, a firefighter. Ten, an actor. Yeah. So like, you know, in their mind, they're like, is He's hopping from too many yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when when I when I did the, when I started doing this on a on a professional level and started getting paid for it, they're like, yeah. okay, it's cool to make a little bit of money, but like seriously, don't let go of your education. Yeah. You should you should focus on getting your degree and like getting a job in that field. Yeah. Um. And and again, I'm not mad because to them that they they gave up everything, all of their comforts in the motherland. Yeah. And and just as difficult as it was for me to sort of shed everything from Louisiana and come here, mm-hmm. they did that times like twice multitudes because like they left their familiar family their familiar village their familiar language their familiar culture dude just culture shocks on culture shocks exactly and and they had to assimilate as best they could even then they got here and as much as they learned they would still be scrutinized were you born here in india india oh okay okay so i i'm not like i'm not gonna discredit what the parents did listen i if you're a daisy parent you're listening right now i understand I'm not mad. Thank you so much for caring about us as much as y'all do. Oh, yeah, for sure. The things, the things our parents go through, honestly, we, I feel like when we were younger, I know I was a victim of this. I didn't even come close to understanding what my parents have gone through, Yeah. right, growing up, because I was just like, oh, whatever, it's my life. Right. And you're not right. letting me do what I want. But now I'm slowly starting to understand, like, their literal dream was to make sure that we wouldn't ever have to worry about, like, yeah. you know, not having enough money or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's something that, like... That's a selfless I, I, dream, right? Yeah, I want to I wanna uphold that, right? To honor that is, is fundamentally to make my choices and then prove to them that yeah. I can stand on my own two feet, mm-hmm. right? Like, that, that you, you have to... If you're going to make a decision to do something artistic, do it such that you're going to make it. Right. Right? And then prove to them, hey, here's, like, measurable growth. I was in no commercials last year. I'm in one commercial this year. I was in one commercial last year. I'm in three this year. I did no movies last year. I did two movies this year. So, like, show them that, like, progression. Right, right. right? And they'll kind of be okay with, like, holding off on their, like, their iron fist if you just sort of give that to them. It's a balance of power, right? Well, it's also, like, proving to them that you're putting the effort to go through with something, right? Because a lot of times they'll say, yeah, I want to be an actor. Okay, son, like, what are you doing to be an actor, yeah, right? Yeah. You can't just say, I want to be an actor, and, and like, Google search yeah, yeah. how to acting. Like, you got to show something. I have yeah. something on your plate. So, with that, it's, it's like, regular practice of your craft, or, right. or uh, constantly auditioning, mm-hmm. or um, sort of taking your time out to, like, learn, whether it's you're listening to um, master classes online, yeah. or signing up and taking classes, like, somewhere, like, a conservatory. Um, but constantly working, constantly growing, constantly evolving. Yeah. And that's something that you want to be able to, like, show them. So, wait, why did you do neuroscience then? If you knew way back when, like, you were going to be an actor, why not go to... Because I'm not going to starve myself of my curiosities. 
So, oh, so you you've been you've been wanting to do neuroscience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a natural curiosity. Again, oh. like I I find myself like reading about schizophrenia and depression. Okay, and anxiety, yeah, yeah. right. Uh-huh. So like that all came from like my understanding of the human brain. Mm-hmm. It was limited at the time when I began. Right. But I was always curious about how cognition could move into assimilating information the way it does. Right. Like what is intuition? How do you right. get to um, sort of thinking about abstract concepts as wildly as you do? Right. right. Think about all the mathematical geniuses that came up with all their theorems. Like, how do they get to that? What What is it about their brains that differs from all of ours that, like, how, why can't I make the next calculus? Mm. Right? Um, and so cognition became really, really interesting to me. And uh, a part of that was also neuroanatomy, what parts of the brain do what function, which is not entirely fully understood. Right. Um, and it's sort of one of the frontiers of academia right now because so little of the brain is fully understood mm. that I felt like there was a lot for me to like learn in this right. space. So I chose neuroscience. And and to this day I don't, you don't ever I, I don't think I I don't think I've ever gone back on that decision. Mm. Whether I'm in class or not, I'm always worried or kind of contemplating how cognition works or personality develops or how right, right. thinking is possible and what dreams can do in terms of augmented learning spaces. So I'm always thinking with my neuroscience brain. Ah, uh, okay. And so that's why I chose that as my academic pursuit. Yeah. Nice, nice. So as an ambassador, or while you were ambassador of Munmukti, right, you were pretty involved in the dance circuit. Right. So how did you how did you help society in, uh, as an ambassador? Uh, so our jobs as uh, ambassadors was not only to promote the existence of the organization, but also to spearhead our own projects, mm-hmm. right? Now... I'm one of the sort of laissez-faire ambassadors in that I didn't like So create... for those of you who don't know what that means, can you explain it like me? Uh, uh, laissez-faire. <laughs> I was very hands-off. I wasn't like super, super proactive. I knew that, yeah. Creating multiple, multiple projects. Yeah. But what I, w- the value that I had uh, within this specific space mm-hmm. was I, I traveled a lot on the circuit. Okay. Right? And I knew people that were like uh, on boards or directors of certain competitions. So what I tried to organize was, <laughs> exactly, what I tried to organize was Manmukti being able to somehow volunteer at mm-hmm. the competitions. Right. As the, uh, or at least as one of the nonprofits that are partnered. Mm-hmm. And the trade-off would be more like social awareness, being able to speak for about five minutes on stage. Um, because the audiences at these, you know, dance competitions, whether it's on the Bhangra circuit or whether it's on the Bali Fusion circuit or the acapella circuit, it's an audience filled of students and parents, right? It's right. the people that, you know, the parents of the local teams that came to support. So it's a great platform for people to be able to start this discussion across a wide age range demographic of audience. And that was value that I could bring. Mm. So I just kind of did that um, on the side there. So yeah, that that's how I kind of did my ambassadorship. Okay, nice, nice. So, um, real quick, what is some advice that you could give to some of the listeners who haven't truly found themselves, you know, or haven't found how to achieve their dreams or even what their dreams are? You found, you got lucky and you found it junior year of high school when your mm-hmm. whole life turned around, changed, mm-hmm. like, right? Mm-hmm. A lot, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Right. And even like, even now, right, I'm in IT. Right. But I don't know what my next step is right uh whether it's in you know either it's an entertainment or it or whatever it is right 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 how do i find that okay um well this starts to tackle like the whole 
seven to two, right? <clears throat> so for people our age, right? Mm -hmm. Usually a lot of them have graduated, graduated college and they're working their nine to five. Yeah. And if they're unsure of that's where they want to be, then when you get home, right? You, you know, you drive in traffic, you get home, you take a little bit of time to eat some dinner. Between the hours of seven o'clock to 2 a.m., what are you doing? Right? Netflix. Well, <laughs> right. And you're trying to decompress from the day of work. Yeah. Now, what if you doubled down and just explored things that you organically wanted? Instead of trying to, like, escape the rest of the day. Right. Engage in yourself. Mm. Right? Being an employee on, on sort of, like, a giant financial system level is you're trading a certain amount of hours mm -hmm. of your day yeah. for a certain predetermined wage. Right. Right? whether that's a salary or, or an hourly position, mm -hmm. um, you're trading those hours for completing a certain amount of work. Right. Is that work that you want to be doing is something that you want to ask yourself? Yeah. If the answer is not a resounding definitive yes, what is it that you like? What is it that you want to do? Right? Mm -hmm. You can always start, like, for example, uh, let's say that I was 14 and I found out I loved photography. Yeah. After school, I would just start picking up a camera shooting pictures. Mm. Right? But then doing like a nine to five, it's so exhaustive that people are just like, yeah, by the time I get done with my day, it's like 10 p.m. and 11 yeah. p.m. and I can't do anything. Okay, well, what are you doing on your weekends? Mm -hmm. What are you doing during those like, you know, setting sun hours, the golden hours, basically? Right. Um, is there a way that you can do eight to four and maybe get out a An little bit early? early. Yeah. yeah. So there's always a workaround for you to begin exploring a hobby such that it might become a profession. Right. Some people really like gaming and coding. Like they'll they'll develop their own cheat engines, code everything from top to bottom, build yeah. a whole EXEs, and uh, they'll just make the program themselves so that they can hack the game that they want. Right. Those guys would do amazing as you know engineers, mm -hmm. software engineers. But is that something that they want to do? Yeah. If they wanted to monetize their hobby skill, yeah, then they could. There's a lot of people, for example, that are afraid of failure, right? Right. For example, me doing this podcast, right? Right. I could mess up. I could, you know, stutter, whatever. All of this is going on the web. Right. I could potentially mess up. You never know, right? Right. And but I'm still trying to explore my new hobby, trying to right. figure this out. So what is what are like? How do you you know? Get, how do you get through rejection? How do you get over the fear of like, hey, it's okay to fail? Right. So this is this is this was going to be that second note of you know when you asked how do you handle rejection? Yeah. Um. Failure is failure. a tool. <laughs> failure. <laughs> yeah. uh, failure is a tool. It's meant to sort of be your compass. Right? Uh -huh. um, I like using the analogy of, of weightlifting, right? right? Growth only happens when you've worked out to failure, right? You have to give your muscles a reason to grow. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're just sitting there like, you know, lifting five pounds, you're not gaining much muscle, my guy. Yeah. Right? But... As you sort of like add on more weight and you're like, oh crap, that's a lot. And then yeah. you, you don't even make it to eight reps in your set. Mm -hmm. You've gone to your failure. Arm day every day. And that, and that pushes, I mean, leg day every day. <laughs> you're doing bongda, let me tell you. Um, but you, you, you hit that wall, right? You've yeah. hit your limit, right? And that is where you fail. Mm -hmm. If that's something that causes growth in the physical aspect of things, why is that not the same sort of mentality for the mental aspect? People are so scared of chasing their limit because the idea of failure is so ingrained in them to be like this thing that you should never do. Mm. I think it's 
you shouldn't fail when it matters, but fail as often as you can otherwise. Right. Because if you don't fail and everything became easy, there's no value in anything anymore, right? You're, you're just too comfortable. You're too complacent. Yeah. And I personally have failed multitudes of times, but I've never taken it as like this, like, oh, I, I suck at this. I should stop. My system is always try, fail, mm -hmm. analyze, adjust, and then repeat. You try again. Right. right? Try, fail, analyze, and adjust. Right. Because if you don't understand your failures, if you're just like, oh, I failed, then you're not going to get anywhere. And have a good circle, right, around you. Yeah. Supportive. I think a, having a strong supportive system is uh, it's a game changer. It is. It is. It is. Because when you have people who do support you in your moments of failure, sometimes it, it's, it takes a really heavy toll on your mental space Yeah. when you go through a series of failures. So when that happens, you need to be able to take that small step back, unplug for just a hot second, regroup yourself, and then come back with as much constitution as you can mm -hmm. when you first started, right? right? And that's what you want. You want to have that support group that allows you to mentally R&R. &R. Mm. Um, what does R&R &R mean? Rest and recover. Oh, R&R, R squared. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like I, I think I think the fear of failure is what's holding people back. Yeah, for sure. And and to your point, when you think, why? What, how do I go discovering myself, right? Mm -hmm. Go try other things. You're going to dislike certain things. You're going to end up wasting your time, in your opinion, trying something that you don't actually like. At least you know, mm. right? You definitively know that's not something you like. Right. And that one sort of like realization is worth so much more, right? Right. Because you're going to go through multiple things you don't like until you find the one thing you do like. Yeah. And then you start doing that between your seven and two. Mm. Over a long time, that might become a business that you do, which then takes over the amount of income you get at your your uh, nine to five. Yeah. And that becomes your full-time thing. Mm. And then at that point, nobody stops you. Because if it's something you're really passionate about, you'll constantly keep doing it. And you'll be one of the best. You got to sacrifice something, whether it's like, hanging out, if you're hanging out with your friends or after work and not let, allowing yourself to focus on what you need to do, you might have to sacrifice some of that time, right? Or maybe yeah, sacrifice so time to sleep. But that that starts getting into like what the individual's priorities are. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody's okay doing a job that they're kind of like meh about. Yeah, yeah. If it means that like the salary compensates more than enough. Oh yeah, for, for like, sure, you know, for sure. For whatever they're like, you know. I'm saying in reference for those who are trying to find themselves. Or yeah, like yeah. So so like the the grind. Like don't get distracted. Right. The grind is very very real. Yeah. If you're not happy with where you are and you really want to like move into a space that's more you centric. Find the things that are innately you. What do you like? What do you love? What part of life gets you going? What do you think about late at night? Yeah. What keeps you up? What keeps you energized? And we have this thing that our parents never had, and that's opportunity. We exactly. have so many opportunities to and, do whatever. And Just honestly, a quick, what, what do you age, say? Google, Googleable? Googleable, yeah. Yeah, you can Googleable anything. <laughs> you can Googleable anything. The age of the internet is is incredible. If you really wanted to understand how to begin in a, in a career that you have no idea of, you could just Google or go to YouTube and there will be plenty of vlogs. There'll be a couple blogs that have like more textual like information for you. So however you best interpret information, there's platforms for it. And in the age of the internet, nothing is too out of reach. Mm. And I think like this is this day and age is, is kind of when you want to start thinking about all the possible careers. Okay, so if you could give advice to everyone on the podcast today listening mm -hmm. what's one thing that they should try do you have anything in mind 
what's one thing they should try? Yeah. Um, like to do? Oh yeah, to do out of their comfort zone, whatever. I know it's a bit like broad, but yeah. Um. Um. Uh. Identify yourself. I think self awareness. Okay. Right? That's good. That's good. Yeah. When when you know who you are, you know what you want to do. Mm, right. Okay. For me, for me, I'm an entertainer. Mm. So like, I like music. I like performing. I like dance. I like acting. I like doing all of the elements. Where, where do you start for self awareness? With self awareness, uh, it's just sitting with yourself and and truly like thinking about what you enjoy doing or why you enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Because like, some people could be like, uh, well, if I sat and like you know, analyze myself, I'd be like, why do I like performing? Yeah. Well, I, I just I like connecting mm-hmm. from audience to myself. And then what am I connecting them to? Am I connecting them to me? Am I a speaker? Am I a personal brand? No. I'm a storyteller. I'm connecting them to my story or the story of the character. So, like, just being able to sit down and think about why you like what you like and not just saying, oh, I like this, I want to do it. Yeah. Like, why do you like it? And if if I just did dance and never tried acting, right, I wouldn't know that I liked telling stories. Like, that's why I dance. Right. And telling stories can also be found in music and telling stories can also be found in acting. So one reason telling stories manifested in three different ways. So if you never understand why you like what you're doing, you might never find other avenues to do the same thing. Mm. So truly sit there and understand why you like what you like, and maybe that would be the beginning of you like breaking out and doing things that you would never have tried before. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what about for failure? Like, how do you face failure? How do you face failure? Use it to measure your limits, right? In okay. this, in the in the workout analogy, look for. Like, failure means you can grow. Yeah. Always rejoice that you found that because now you have something measurable. Right. Right? Um, I used to be really, really bad in the audition room, right? Um, then I was like, okay, there's got to be a way I can get better. So I watched countless of hours of, like, you know, uh, audition master classes on YouTube, and then I found a local casting director who was teaching an audition workshop class, and so I took it. I signed up for it. I invested in myself. I put in the $100 and, and took in the, I took the class. So... At, on the other side of that, I started booking more. I was better in the audition room. Cool. Then on set, um, maybe the like one year the director was like, um, "We we need to like keep doing these like takes. I don't want to keep doing this." And so I sat down with myself. I was like, "Why did the director have to go through five or six takes with that like you know uh, particular scene with me right. involved?" And it felt like I was the main reason. So I was like, "Okay, wait, wait, wait. Maybe there's something I could do here." So I did more research on the on the like you know uh, pre-production side of things. Like my my decision with my characters, they were a little bit more informed, a little bit stronger. I made those decisions really stand out. Mm-hmm. And then the next project I was on, subsequently, it took less takes. We got it. We they said they got most of whatever they needed, and like that gave me more room to ask for one just to play. Um, and then there was more job security or just job satisfaction there. So failure should never be feared, in my opinion. Have a healthy respect towards failure because it will show you where you can grow and go. Yeah, facts, man. All right, <clears throat> rapid fire. Oh my Are God. you ready? I am not ready, but let's go for it. All right, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, These are really dumb questions that I have, I, by I, the way. I'm going to brain fart so hard, but let's go for it. Because you know me. Like, yeah. I'm you're, you you're, definitely, you're definitely curveball. <laughs> All so right. Let's see what you got. All right, what color in a crayon box would you be? Royal blue. Are lifeguards attractive? Yes. If you could be any animal in the world, what would it be? Sea turtle. What? what? Oh, okay. What <laughs> job would you be absolutely horrible at? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was say acting. I was like, what's customer, <laughs> customer service, IT. Uh, first celebrity crush. Oh, Anna Sophia Robb, I think. I don't even know who that is. That was she, she was like the uh, the blonde chick from Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, dude. Good one, good one. Uh, say a word in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> Why can't we tickle ourselves? Because <laughs> you're expecting it. <laughs> Would you rather cuddle with a baby panda or a baby penguin? Baby panda. Say say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Uh, your go-to character for Super Smash Brothers? Uh, Charizard. Uh, best podcast you've ever been on? One Monkey Podcast. Ah, there you go. Uh, who would play you in the movie of your life? Me? <laughs> I don't wait. It's my job to play me. No, no, like, <laughs> for your movie, like, who would play you? Like who would you have play? Oh, if I couldn't, if I yeah. couldn't hire myself, yeah. Um, the guy who played Mowgli, Rohan Chand. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, that's pretty much all I had, bro. Yeah. No. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Like, this was great. Okay. Well. Um, okay. Do you have any plugs? Like, do you have anything for February? Um. Hi. I am currently on set, more than likely, because I'm shooting yeah. February, March. If I'm not shooting, then I'm trying to produce more content. If you want to collaborate, because I look for people who want to collaborate, or if you just want to talk, hit me up. Hit me up on my Instagram. Hit me up on my Facebook. I'm perpetually on those things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm busy working. So just if you want to do more work, reach out. There you have it, guys. Anil's always looking to collab. Yeah. Hit me up. Um, I don't know. Is this gonna go on? Um, uh, SoundCloud? Is yeah, yeah, SoundCloud. SoundCloud? Yeah, dude, OG SoundCloud. Oh, dope. Okay, so since this is on SoundCloud, yo, I got some mixes on my SoundCloud. Dude, let them have it. I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop, uh... So I'm you're a DJ s- on the side, too? Literally just because I whimsically want to throw music together. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, I yeah. do. Um, yeah, I got some, I got some mixes up. Um, the what last... What's your tag? Dude, tell us your tag. What are you, like, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? Oh, okay, um, so I don't... LinkedIn? I, Gmail? I, yeah, uh, yeah. Follow, uh, you know, Kate. connect, connect, connect on LinkedIn. Uh, here's my Maple story. Again. <laughs> um, no, I uh, my SoundCloud is my my name, Anil Shankarmanji. Okay. I haven't I haven't made a DJ name. Um, I was I was given one, but I want to earn my stripes before I use it. What is it? DJ Supermachi. It was given oh. by Doctor Shremix. There you go. Um, Another shout out. Jeez. Shout out. How many shout outs do we do on this podcast? I have absolutely no idea. I've stopped. I've stopped keeping track. Um, so yeah, I got three mixes up there. They're literally just because I was inspired to make them so I did. Yeah, yeah. Um and they've done they've done well. Like I wasn't expecting anything out of What's it, well so. mean for you? Um it reached India and a lot of people have like <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know man. I don't know. I had Lincoln Park and a Punjabi song together in one of the mixes. Oh Lincoln Park dude, Lincoln Park. Wait, uh, really? Yeah. Which one? What's your uh, favorite band? My, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln Park was like in middle school. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That was my anthem. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere I belong. That was it. Oh, that that's the song you chose to. Oh, no, 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 no. That that was a uh, numb. Numb was the song that I mixed <gasps> with Jay Z. Uh, no, 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 no. An oh, okay. unplugged version of just like Chester's voice. Oh, okay. And it was like okay. it was, it's super eerie, super weird, and it's got a it's got a really dark sound to it. And I was yeah, like, yeah. yes, this is what I want to produce. Right, right. Um. So yeah, I I I got some uh, stuff up on there. I'll drop my links to my social media. I'll give them to you, and you just yeah. put them in the show notes. So look yeah. in the show notes for all my social media. Just come through and have a jive time. And then where can we find Fable Town? Uh, Fable Town is on YouTube. I will also send you that link, and that will, I assume, be in the show notes. Yeah, we're gonna have to scroll down for this uh, links that you're about to send. <laughs> it's just gonna be a list of links, like yeah, everything that I've ever probably. talked about. Yeah. That's dope, dude. Thank you for uh, thank you for doing this with me, man. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me. 
Yeah, this is uh, probably this is my first actual podcast with a guest. So oh yes, I don't know how how did I do? Critique me. Oh, you you did, and you can lie and say that I did really good. That's fine. No, you did perfectly, and that's not me lying because (laughs) you I would have to charge you to pretend (laughs) for anything. So, Uh, but yeah, dude, thank you for uh, coming along. For anyone listening, if you have a story to share, if you want to come up on this podcast, let me know. Any questions? Anything? Uh, um, hmm. I want to hear y'all's like if, if does does um do you guys put up like things for uh questions for guests on like if this is going to go so up i want to do that actually um i think we're just like we we had podcasts initially yeah but i think now we're going to start that back up a lot more yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think we're trying to figure out ideas on how to do like a submission box or anonymous like submission yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if whether it's in the in the comments of like this uh um of the 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 SoundCloud link, feel free to ask me any questions. I will be on it, right? I will yeah. respond to every single one that I can. So if you, if you guys have questions for me, if I haven't, like, delved into something enough, then I will definitely uh, do so. so Especially yeah. for, you know, getting into entertainment as a South Asian, right? I'm sure a lot of, yeah. a lot of people want to do that and are scared because parents are like, no, don't do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. If, if that's something that you're interested in, do reach out. Um, on top of, like, giving you my story of how I did so, uh, I have some projects that I kind of want to like put together as well. So if there's room for us to collaborate on that end, then I definitely would be interested in speaking to people about that. Sounds dope. All right, dope. thank you, Anil. Thank you so much. Yep.